I'm already taking a series on things that are Jesus Christ. So I'll quickly try to round it off. Not, I mean, entirely round it off, but share something with you today. Philippians chapter 2. But I trust in the Lord Jesus who sent Timothy shortly unto you that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like men who like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Verse 20. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. And that's where I got the message from, things which are Jesus Christ. There are things that are Jesus Christ. There are some things that are for men and there are some things that are Jesus Christ. I'd like us to look at it in the New Living Translation. This verse 21, so we can kick off from there. All the others care only for themselves, not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, like I said um, in the past few services, I said it's, it's, it's clear what the apostle is saying here, and we can see it in our day, we can see it in our time. I'm sure some of you on the, on the prayer the, the, the YouTube prayer, uh, the 21 days, right? I'm sure some of you have seen a clear manifestation of this. We are praying about souls. We are praying about something, a prayer of the work of God. And you see someone in the comments say, please pray for me and my family. <laughs> You've seen it, right? Men have been like that and are like that. And God seeks to deliver you from that. Once they see a, the prayer going on, please pray for my family, please pray for my brother, please pray for my... They don't care what Jesus is doing. They don't, want, they don't care about what God cares about. They care about what God is doing, what Jesus is doing, what he cares about, what he's, what he's thinking of. No, that's not their consideration. What they are considering at that time is that there's some, God must touch their family. Peter and John come to a crippled man and he tells the man, say, look on us. Because sometimes for your problem to be solved, you have to look away from the problem. So look on us. Say, all oh, seek their own. Get into, get into, um, uh, I tell you, if God ever gave you uh, a machine that can read minds, and you appear in any prayer meeting, oh boy, you're going to hear things. Pim, let's start praying. You will hear somebody's mind reading. Lord, my marriage, Lord, my marriage, Lord, my marriage. And someone's mind is reading, Lord, I just need a job, just one job, just give me a job, just give me a job. You would hardly find anybody who is thinking about what God is thinking about. He said, for us, seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. There are things which are Jesus Christ. And I said something, eventually, eventually, those who think about the things that are Jesus Christ have what is theirs solved. But people usually just want to be on the front foot. Everything that has to do with them. So for all seek their own. All seek their own. So I said there are two categories of people there. You see the all that seek their own. And you see those that seek the things of Jesus Christ. I said on Wednesday, I said even those that, sorry, Paul was talking to here. He was talking to ministers. He was talking about ministers. He was talking to Philippians about ministers. He said even the ministers seek their own. How many people have become pastors because they were jobless? How many people became pastors because they could not finish school? How sick they are. How thinking about themselves. That so much so that if, even at the things they are doing for God, it has, it has self attached to it. There are some people you can never get them to do anything for God until you attach a clause that benefits them. 
Go and win souls so that the Lord will. So they've gone out to win souls so that. So it still has self attached to it. Have you ever taken initiative to do things for God and said, Lord, I'm doing this for you? It is for you. I am, I am realigning, taking myself away from the normal human nature of being selfish and I'm going to be selflessly doing this for you. Lord, I, I, I am for you. Anything you care about, Lord, I care about it. For all sin, we are own. Not the things which are Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought of it? The things that are Jesus Christ. The things that matter to Jesus Christ. Have you ever found out what matters to Jesus Christ? Father, if I don't marry next year, that is the end. That's the end of what? I remember meeting a lady one time. She said, she said, I've given God last chance. <laughs> I've given God his last chance. So we're going to look at four things that matter to Jesus Christ. You know, because I could, I could just say, oh, go for what matters to Jesus Christ without you knowing what exactly matters to Jesus Christ. We're going to look at four things that matter to Jesus Christ. Four. Four important things that matter to Jesus Christ. As today, when we are, as we are having our mega fellowship day, for you to know, say, have, you been, have you been aligned with what God wants? With what matters to Jesus Christ? What matters to Jesus Christ? Go to Philippians chapter 3. We'll look at verse 7. Now, at this time, Paul is, 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 is giving an expose. He's telling what, um, what his life is about. So you look at verse 1, he says... Um, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Okay? He said it is safe. If you, if you hide in this particular thing I'm about to show you, he said it is safe. He said this thing, if you know this thing I'm about to share with you, he said this is safety. Hmm. It is safe. So you go to verse 7. He says, for what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. So, if you carry this and take it back to Philippians chapter 2, you will see it again. He said, the things which were gained to me. Now, he said, all seek their own. Are you, are you getting it now? All seek their own. He said, the things that were gained to me. So there were things, there are things that are gained to you. They are your own. You are seeking your own. Then Paul said, he had come to a certain point. He said, all things that were gained to him, things that he could have flexed about, things that he could have said was him, things were said that, that this, is, this is my qualification, this is my bank account, this is what I have, this is what I own. He said, all things that were gained to me. He said, I counted them loss. He counted all his gain loss. What, what, what was his gain? Now, let's go from, from, verse, from verse 4. You get all his gain. All the things that he had gained. He said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, that means the, his, his achievements in the body, all right? What he looks like, the kind of money he has, the kind of houses he has. He said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. What's he saying? He said, if you are thinking that you're anything, he said, uh, I'm about to give you my qualifications. Paul is saying, I'm about to give you my qualifications. Then verse 5. He comes and said, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. He's giving you his academic credentials. Do you know that some time, some time ago, if, if you ever go to school and you get to the, the, the play of being a doctor or having a PhD, your parents will never agree for you to be a pastor. They'll tell you that if they wanted you to be a pastor, they'll take you to a seminary. Some people think they are too beautiful to serve God. Because when they look into the mirror, they see their skin. They see their hair. They, are not, they, they look at themselves like, I'm not, they, they are not made for the life of sowing. They are too nice for God. You know what the preacher said? In Proverbs, he said, beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. 
Every time you, I'm telling you, go and take a picture of your grandmother. She was not born a grandmother. She wasn't. And Hebrew of Hebrews, I started a law of Pharisee many years ago. It was those who didn't know what to do with their lives that ended up serving God. It has changed. It has changed. Now doctors are fellowship leaders. And lawyers are fellowship leaders. Yeah. So you cannot flex anybody. The best is for God. The nicest of guys is for God. The one with the, you understand? Is for God. The, the, the beautiful girls are for God. The rich women are for God. The rich guys are for God. Those times it's like those who don't know what to do because no, 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 no guy has come to propose to them, so they have to go to church to pray. So you see that more of them are in church. But it's not like that. Look at your neighbor close to you. You can't see how nice your neighbor is. And you see your neighbor, the hair that your neighbor is wearing, and how, how handsome and pink lipped your neighbor is. You know, you know that Jesus deserves the best. Are you getting all right? Go back there. I started the law of Pharisee, verse 6. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. What credentials? Then he said, But what things that I considered gain, all the things I boasted in, he said, Today I see them as a loss. I count them as loss for Christ. So I count them loss for Christ. What's your life about? What are you living for? Are living for men's approval. Some parents have pushed their children to do certain jobs just so their neighbors will see that they are serious. Had nothing to do with God. You send a young man say, go, go, go to this place, go and, and start a, a work over there. Like a, a, one of our, our guys was sent to Tamale to go and start a church. You, you, you'll be wondering. His parents might not agree. Ah, no, Tamale. But tell that same parent that that child has gotten a job. That every month you'll be paying, you'll be paying 10,000 cities at Tamale. They will sack him that night. <laughs> what things were gain to me? He said, I counted them as those I counted loss for Christ. Wow. Verse 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Can you imagine? I suffered, he said, He suffered the loss of all things. No reputation anymore. No reputation anymore. Not thinking of what people will say about me. If I go out to win souls, what will people say? He said, some of the loss of all things. And do count them but down that I may win Christ. I'll come, that, I'll come to that in a bit. Verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So the first thing that is of Jesus Christ, the first thing that matters to Jesus Christ, the first thing is our righteousness. Our righteousness. Our righteousness. One time Jesus Christ's disciples came to him, and they had just gone out, they had just cast out devils in Matthew chapter 10. And when they had gone out to cast out those devils, they came back and they were so excited, all right? They were so excited, they said, oh, master, the demons were subject to us in your name. Then Jesus says, wow, that's great, but you know what? This is not what I want you to rejoice in. He said, but rejoice that your names are written. Your names are written. The things that matter to Jesus Christ. First of all, is your righteousness. 
When I say your righteousness, I'm not necessarily talking about how you are living. We'll come to that. He's talking about your righteousness. Now, when, when, when God spoke to the children of Israel in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the last verse, he said something to them when he gave them the law. In, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, you know, Moses began to give them the law from God. All right? So, Deuteronomy chapter 6, the last verse. All right? Give me verse 24. I'll start from 24. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Verse 25. And it shall be our righteousness. All right? It shall be our righteousness. So, what was God giving them the law for? Hold on. God was not giving them the law so that he would look superior to them. Because some people think, ah, when God says, thou shalt not steal, it is not for him. It is for you. When he says, don't go in a certain direction, it is not for him. It is for you. So we check verse 24 again. He says, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good. So when he gave them the law, it was not for him. It was for them. He said that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. Verse 25, he says, and it shall be our righteousness. He said, if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us. That means when the children of Israel did the law, as they were doing it, he said it was their righteousness. God was concerned about their righteousness. He couldn't relate with them in the state in which they were. They had to come to a place where they had a righteousness. What is that righteousness? That righteousness is their equity. is the ability to stand before God. Because God cannot relate with them if they are not righteous. The prayer God listens to from an unbeliever is a prayer of salvation. Aside that, so, so for me to pray for someone who is not saved to be healed means nothing. Means nothing. I pray for you. You're not born again, but I prayed and you got a car. Means nothing. Like I told you on Wednesday, the young lady who, who sent me that, that, that message and said, oh, uh, when we're pre- uh, preaching on family problems and that, oh, her, her, her parents are not Christians and, you know, how does she pray? I said, you don't have any prayer to pray for them for any financial breakthrough. You have no business with that. Forget about that. Stop praying for their salvation because their righteousness matters to God. That righteousness is imparted into your spirit the day you got born again. The day you got born again, you had a righteousness, which is by faith. The people of the law, when they did the law, they had a righteousness. But we that are of faith, Bible says, now a righteousness which is not of faith is revealed. In Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart is there in prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. Verse 2. He said, for I bear them record that they may have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So there's a righteousness of God. So Jesus is concerned about our righteousness. So the first thing that matters to Jesus when you come to him is that you are not saved and he saves you. That is your righteousness. Matters to Jesus Christ. It's not about praying for you to get a breakthrough. How are you born again? You're praying for your parents to be financially stable, yet they're not born again. What kind of prayer is that? Jesus said, it is better that you have, you have one arm amputated than you enter heaven. Than to, to go with full arms and go to hell. You can see what Jesus terms as a high thing. When those disciples went to Jesus Christ and said, Oh, Master, we cast out devils. He said, This is not what I want you to rejoice in. Let me tell you what to rejoice in. He said, Rejoice that your names are written. Rejoice that your names are written. Rejoice that you have a righteousness with God. Rejoice that you have a standing with God. Rejoice that you can talk to God. Rejoice that you're a child of God. That's what he wants to rejoice in. Rejoice that you are born again. 
Have you ever woken up in the morning and just thank God that you are born again? It's all jokes and games until the rapture happens. It's all jokes and games. It's all jokes and games. Let me tell you something. One thing you should protect with your life is your salvation. I know how, how, people, how people are preaching, uh, oh, once you are saved, no matter what you do, you are saved. I mean, I'm very old school. I don't subscribe to that. The life you live matters. Once you see that you are going on the faith, let me tell you something. It's, behave like someone who is drowning. You don't see somebody who is drowning, who is drowning. Oh, oh, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. No, you are drowning. Bata, 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 bata. Anytime I felt like I was drifting a little bit, no, I began, I began to behave like a madman. I start making, I start calling people who are born again. Maybe I've not even prayed for three days. I'll call them. I say, ah, let's pray. Let's pray. I call somebody. You know, let's pray. Let's pray. I call someone. By that time, my prayer life is, is probably suffering a bit. I'll call, you know, I call, I call my, my, my cell leader. Let's pray. Please, can we pray? Can we pray? I call a friend, iron sharpness iron. Can we pray? Maybe 10 minutes prayer. But I begin to behave like someone who is about to drown because I'm about to drown. Let me tell you something. It takes a miracle for you to identify that you are, you are drowning. It takes a miracle because some people, when they are drowning, they can't even realize it. And because they can't even realize it, they just drown. And by the time they realize, they are not born again anymore. But this is what matters to Jesus Christ. Your righteousness. Our righteousness. That we stand in the right place with him. And the Bible says that we should constantly examine if we are in the faith. Be examining. Be examining yourself. Be checking yourself. Be checking yourself. Like, like a great man of God said, it is, not, it is not unscriptural to be challenged. So sometimes you can realize that, oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm like this. When I got born again, I was like this. But now I've realized that there are some habits and attitudes that are coming into my life that was not before. You know, you have to examine. When you check it, you now have to start working on it. Start talking to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, two years ago, I was not like this. All right? Now, it's not a time to enter into desperation and say, oh, I don't know what to do. No, the Christian walk, the Bible says, the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So, there will be a constant fight. So, people think that if they pray, 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 they'll get to a time where they'll be praying. No, you wake up every morning with the fight of your flesh. You wake up every morning with the fight of your flesh until you tame it. So, people think that Pastor Enoch waking up at 5 a.m. to go and do that prayer, you think, it's an, you think it's just like that, I'll just wake up and go and pray. No, no. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. You see what, what the Bible says that we should do to the flesh. All right? First Corinthians 9, 27. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Give it to me in NIV. The NIV. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. The body is very rebellious. Very rebellious. You wake up in the morning, you don't feel like praying. Rebellious body. The body doesn't want to go. You strike a blow to your, to your body and make it a slave. Like, hey, body, move. We are moving. As I'm lying down, 4.45, I want to close my eyes. Ha, but 5 a.m. Shakalababa. Shakalababa. I tell you, sometimes for the first five minutes, I don't want to pray. As I'm sitting behind it, you check my five, first five minutes tongues. Check it. Shalabalababa. Adalabalababa. 
But when the body now sees that he has lost the world, he's like, then the spirit takes over. That's what you need to do to the body every day. Your righteousness. That's what matters to Jesus Christ. You make the body a slave. Don't allow the body to dictate to you. Like somebody said, your body will do all the wrong things to take you to hell, yet will not follow you there. Strike a blow. You lash the body. Say, hey, guy, we move, we move, we move. Sometimes, learn to sit in front of a mirror and talk to your body. Say, body, you will not stop me from praying today. Not stop me. Not stop me. I'll pray. I'll keep my body under. I'll keep watch. I'll keep watch. I'll keep watch. You know what he said? He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. When, when, when I read that scripture, I realized it. I realized what, the, what uh, Jesus actually said. He didn't say watch and pray so that you not be tempted. He said, watch and pray that you enter not. There's a difference between being tempted and you entering. If you don't pray, you yourself, you'll carry yourself to enter the temptation. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Not that you will not be tempted. There are times you will be tempted. I would say Jesus Christ was tempted at all points, yet without sin. But when you have prayed and temptation comes, you have the strength to withstand it. But he said, if you don't watch and pray, he said, you yourself, you will carry yourself. You will see temptation and you will enter into it. How many times not praying has made people make the wrong choices? Our righteousness. It matters to Jesus Christ who we are. Who are we? Who are we? Our standing with God. Our standing with God. It must matter to you. It must matter to you. And speak up when you are in any place that you need to speak up. Like for example, maybe you are at a workplace. And at that workplace, everybody is not saved. When you get there, first declare that you are a Christian. So that they will hold you accountable. You got there, people are talking about Jesus Christ, you are quiet. That you are, you are a Christian in your heart. No. You get there, no matter who is talking against Christ, talking against anybody, Connected to Christ? Probably talk against your past. Oh, no, no, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I belong to Jesus. I go to church. I go to midweek. You have to say it. Jesus Christ is not old school. Come on. Jesus is not history. He's not old school. I'm not having a pastor because it's nice to have a pastor. It's because Jesus said he'll give me a pastor. Our righteousness. Our righteousness. Our right standing with God. You see, our right standing with God. That we have a righteousness which is of God. We have a right standing with God. Then we begin to, you know, out of that righteousness, we begin to walk rightly. We are now making the right choices. We are now walking rightly with God. You see, we are walking rightly with God. You see, Micah chapter 6 verse 8. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He has showed the old man what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. You see, walk humbly with God. To walk humbly with God. Walk with God. I listen to me. That takes me from the righteousness into the next one. So the first one is our righteousness. The next one is our relationship. So go back to Philippians chapter 3. I think we're in verse 8. See here, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but done, that I may win Christ. Now in verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ, of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Verse 10. That I may know him. So, where, where are we now? Our relationship. Our relationship. Our relationship. 
Do you know God? Do you know Jesus? Alright? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Or you just attend church? Do you know Jesus? Or you just attend church? The only time you mention the name of Jesus is probably when you are in church. You know, one thing I noticed, people want their principles and they don't want their person. Okay, what should we do to get this thing? Pray for 11 hours. Okay, I'm going to pray. They'll pray 11 hours and not get a result. I can pray four hours and get a certain result. You pray for you not get because there's an engine driving me. So sometimes as a pastor, you tell people, pray like this. They will go and pray like that and still not see the result, even though you have seen the result. Many times, it will happen like that. We'll call for a prayer meeting. I'll come and say, this is my prayer topic. I'll come here. The same number of hours I pray, the same number of hours they pray. I'll see my own. They will not see their own. Why? Because they have let the person, they are looking for the things. No, let me ask you a question. When was the last time, aside this 21 days, when was the last time you woke up in the morning and said, I must talk to God before I talk to anybody? You don't know him. You don't know because you don't have time to talk to him. You don't have time that you relate with him. You don't have times. You relate to him. Everything is so mechanical. Ah, it's time for some meeting. Then you go for some meeting. Oh, you know, it's time to do this. Then you just go. But that you have a, a, a closer relationship with God, you don't. A relationship. He's concerned our relationship with him. He's concerned about how well we know him. I was showing something to Pastor Claude. When I showed it to him, he screamed. He said, hey, sir, let me show it to you. First Samuel. First Samuel. Chapter 3. Look at something. Look at verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord. The child Samuel did what? Ministered unto the Lord. Ah, that's a qual leader. That's a cell leader. Can you see? He ministered unto the Lord. <laughs> this is not even a member. He's leading worship. He's leading praises. He's leading cell meeting. He's even probably a senior cell leader. He ministered unto the Lord. He was ministering. He was ministering. The guy's a minister. He's even ministering everywhere. He's ministering. Though. And the child, someone ministered unto the Lord before him. He was ministering. Ministering. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. Mm. Look at verse 7. Now, someone did not yet know the Lord. He was ministering, but he don't know the Lord. Do you have a personal relationship with God? Do you have personal worship times? Or the only times you worship is when you are in church? You have personal worship times. Personal worship times. Personal prayer times. Uh, let me tell you something. I've noticed something about people who don't have personal relationship with God. It's easy for them to fall off. Because nobody with a personal relationship with God can be proud. You cannot. A personal relationship with God? Like, for example, I tell people this thing. It's not like I'm bragging. The truth is that it's so difficult for me to go off the wrong road for long. It's so difficult. Now, in my walk in Christianity, in my walk with God, on the road, I have made mistakes too. I have gone off the road before. You understand? That you are, you are walking, you are walking with God, you are walking with God, then you take a decision that takes you off the tangent, you are on, on another side, people are looking at you and say that, oh, this guy has probably lost it. I've been on those kind of roads before, but it doesn't take me long to reroute. It doesn't take me long because I know God personally. He, I, I remember 2013, right? At that time, no, it, it, it's not there's something wrong with music, all right? But I was more fixated on the music. And in my heart, even though I was singing gospel music, in my heart, I was away from God. You know why? Because I was doing it for money. I was making a lot of money. I, oh, boy, I was making the money. My, my. And boy, I was a star, man. When I wear my leather jacket, and I put on my shades, and I appear in a program. Oh, he's here, he's here, he's here. 
He's here. He's here. He's here. I'll take the microphone. Make some noise. What's in the I was, ah, my friend, God, Sheila Baba, I was making the money. Oh, one day, after a major program, successful meeting, people were there. And one thing about me and God is, oh, <laughs> even on the wrong tangent, he will still be guiding me. If you're on the wrong, he will still be guiding me. Okay, do it like this. Do it like this. Do it like this. One day after a successful meeting, I got to the house. Everybody was gone home. I finished the meeting. I slept on my bed. I began to cry. I said, I don't want this life. I don't want this life. I don't want this life. Two people got sent to talk to me. The people I was not expecting to talk to me, but they said something that could never leave my heart. One was one lady. She met me one day. She said, this is not you. Because she knew me from 2010, 2011. She said, this is not you. You are a prophet. On that day, I was wearing my leather jacket and my jeans and all that, so I behaved like, oh no, what you're saying is not wrong, it's, it's wrong, man. I just, I, just, I just said, what you're saying is not correct, man. No. But what she said couldn't leave my heart. Every time I'll be there, this is not you. You have prophets. Another one was on Facebook. I posted a picture, someone came to comment. Yes, my rock star. Then one guy commented, he is not a rock star, he's an apostle. I could not forget. I was, all the time, I was behaving like, mm, 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 mm. But then I was in my room. I cried. I cried. You know, I had done some nice hair, you know, spiky, spiky hair, you know. <laughs> I done spiky hair, you know, living my best life. You know what? When I, oh, I was tired. I was tired of impressing people. I was tired of living for myself. I was tired of everything. I cried. I cried. And I took a phone. I called Pastor Lockhart. I said, Pastor Lockhart, I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing this again. Nobody spoke to me. Nobody, nobody advised me. Nobody spoke to me. All that God sent were those two people. It was ringing in my heart. It was ringing in my heart. It was ringing in my heart. Sometimes I wonder how people are supposed to go off, off from God for so long. They, they never knew God. They never knew God and God never knew them. When you are a baby Christian, you'll be thinking you can identify um, an, uh, a spirit-filled person by the speaking in tongues and by the jumping around and by shaking himself. No. When you start maturing, you realize that to know someone who is filled with the spirit, you know it from repentance, submission, humility, reverence. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, he can correct you. If you have the Holy Spirit, he can correct you. Oh, one time... I had a little rift with one, one member of staff. You know, she was very annoying. She, she said, she was saying, you, you, did not, you, did not, you did not submit to this. And I said, if not for church, can you talk to me like this? Can you talk to me like this? If not for, if not, can you talk to me like this? Hey, when I got home, like David said, my heart smote me. My heart smote me. I said, hey, what did I say? If not for church, can she talk to me like this? Who am I? So, so you have a bloated idea of yourself. The Bible says we should not think highly of ourselves than we ought to think. You are thinking too high of yourself. Humility. 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 I, I, honestly speaking, I don't, go off, I don't go off for long. If I ever go off, I, some, I will just know that something is wrong. Especially in my personal times of prayer. As I'm praying. As I'm praying. 
I remember doing lockdowns, prayer. I said I was spending some time to pray. I was praying, 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 praying. Ah. The Spirit of God began to talk to me. He said, the way I'm about to lift you, watch bright. Watch bright. So I began to mount gates. So how am I going to watch bright? Anything that can make me proud, I make myself humble to it. I increase my honor for my man of God. I increase my honor to my leaders. I increase my, my humility. I have to increase it, increase it, and become more and more of a servant. Our relationship with God. Our relationship with God. I said the first one is what? Our righteousness. Let's go on. Our relationship with God. The personal times we spend with God. Someone was ministering, but he did not know God. How do you know God? How do you know God? How do you know God? Go back to that verse. Go back to that verse. Now, someone not yet know the Lord. He said, you don't know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So, it is two things there. He did not know God. That means, he did not have a personal relationship with God. Number two, he did not know the scriptures. He said, the word of the Lord was not revealed to him. So, how do you know God? These two things. That you have a personal, intimate relationship with God. Then, the word of God has to be revealed to you. Aside what pastor, you're not preaching on Sunday. Do your own study. Read your rhapsody. Spend time with God at least one hour a day. Why well, is it even small? But at least start from there. Because it will not be realistic to say after here, five hours every day for you can't do it. Start from somewhere. Build a relationship with him. Build it with him. It should be something you are building consciously. You know that you are building something with God. Like I was saying, like I was saying, I said, for me, when I realized maybe my prayer life, I, I remember... I was, I was telling some people, I said, 2019, latter part of 2019, some mad spirit of prayer came on me, eh? It was mad. If I cross my leg to pray, 24 hours. No break. Pastor Claude was a, a victim. He came to visit me and said, let's pray for one hour. We ended up 12 hours. That was the last time he came to my house that day. <laughs> mad. Mad spirit of prayer. Anywhere I enter, I'm praying. I can enter a washroom, and I'll be there for the next one hour. Much spirit of prayer. You know what? Somewhere 2021, I noticed that, hmm, where's the thing? No, somewhere 2020, I noticed that, where's the thing? No, because the spirit of prayer is not, you don't start it. The spirit of prayer takes over you. You can be doing your praying, then the spirit of prayer can take it off. Hmm. Then I was looking for the thing, it was not there. I realized that prayer was a chore. Even though I was still doing it, I realized it was a chore. Is it not me that I was doing 24 hours? No, I was doing 12 hours. Now, six hours, then I'm, I'm, I'm on the street. You know what I did? Ah! I began to chase the thing. I began to chase it. So now, because I'm looking for it, I was chasing it. It took me three months. Not there are some people, they do one. I did this, and pastor, and it's not working. No, I don't do anything like that. There's something that's not working, no. Because I don't have any obscene. It's me, God, God, me. It's finished. Nothing again. I don't have any option. He said, meditate on this. He said, give thyself holy to them. I'm doing myself holy. There's nothing I can do again. So, I did it, I did it and it didn't work. What did not work? What do you mean by it didn't work? I, I know I have, me, I have PhD in harassing God. What do you think this for? 21 days is. What do, you, what do you think this for? It's harassment. It's harassment. Learn to harass God. You're looking for something. You're looking for the spirit of prayer. Harass him. Harass him. Sometimes you will do one hour. Sometimes you will do three hours. You'll be doing one. You're looking, and God knows your heart. He knows what you're looking for. You're looking for a touch with the spirit of prayer. You are, you are, you're pressing it. You're pressing it. You will catch it. When I wanted to start walking in miracle signs and wonders, you think it was a joke? <laughs> Preaching is easy. Oh. 
Anybody can preach. But for you to say, this one is standing up on the... No, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. I taste God. I taste sin. I taste sin in different ways. The times I go and sit down and watch Pastor Chris tapes of healings and miracles, I'll be behind you like this. I'll watch. I'll go to the meeting and say, be healed. They are not healed. No problem. I'm coming back. No harassment. Harass God. Stay on it. <laughs> For me, when I try something, it doesn't work. I'm not, I'm not depressed. I'm not no. depressed when God is not dead. Who will we, be dead? And I know, how to, I know how to do it. I'll start with crying. <laughs> and in prayer, oh, tears, they come very easily for me. <laughs> Sometimes as, as though God has not heard. No problem, God, we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> A relationship with God. A relationship with God. I always say the Holy Spirit is my best friend. Have you cultivated a certain habit and, and relation with the Holy Spirit? Have you cultivated it? It's cultivated. See, have you cultivated a certain relation with the Holy Spirit? That makes you tell him everything that happens in your life before you tell anybody. Anytime, anytime this statement comes to me, I need someone to talk to. I'm saying, no, then I'll talk to the Holy Spirit. Because anytime you feel like you need someone to talk to, why don't you try talking to the Holy Spirit? Help your consciousness of him. Sometimes something happens, you need someone to talk to. So precious Holy Spirit, I want to talk to you. Something is going on right now. I need someone to talk to. He will listen. Because he's there with you. He's there with you. He cares about our relationship more than our results. Do you hear that? He cares about our relationship with him more than our results. The things that matter to Jesus Christ. Our relationship matters to him. Our relationship with him matters to him. We relate with him. There are some people, unless they need something, God is dead. And when they need something, it's better to pray 15 minutes every day than to pray 12 hours every month. Do you hear that? January, you pray 12 hours in the beginning. The God didn't hear you again. Then February, you jump again. Father, I'm here again. No. It's better to pray 15 minutes every day. Are you listening? Our relationship with God. Our relationship with God. You talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. Not just praying. You know, something I tell people, I say, when I say, talk to the Holy Spirit, the first thing, oh, rah, 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 rah. no. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Precious Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for everything. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for talking to me. Then you begin to say all the things that he does in your life. Thank you for being my strengthener. Thank you for being my standby. Thank you for being my advocate. Thank you for being my counselor. You know, I, I want to talk to the Holy Spirit right now. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit right now. Don't ask him for anything. Just talk to him. And thank him. Thank him. Thank you for everything he does. You know, anytime 
Anytime you find yourself maybe lying down praying and you just find yourself saying, Jesus is Lord or Jesus. I love you, Jesus. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. That's one of the ways you know the Holy Spirit is, 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 is doing something. You just find yourself saying, thank you, Holy Spirit. Or thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Of your own mind, you can't do that. You reign from everlasting. You alone I live to worship. I give you all the praise and offering. You are the God of everything. Of your kingdom there's no end. Oh, adoration beyond to you, Jesus, sovereign God, you alone I adore, I worship you forever, Son of the Most High God. The very living word, you alone I adore. I worship you. Start again. You reign from everlasting.
our relationship. Our relationship. Do you know Jesus? Do you know by his word? Do you know by your experience? See? Oh boy, for nights and for days, I remember praying and fasting. I wanted to have an encounter with Jesus. There are some things, all right? There are some things you will never know about God, never see about God, if all your prayer time is in your fellowship meeting. There's some people that don't pray until their cell meeting. Learn the word of God. Have time. Your rhapsody. How can you be giving for rhapsody and you don't read it? You're a politician. You're not a giver. Because the one who reads it cannot help but sponsor it. Because he knows what's in it. Take time to read it. What about the scripture reading that Zander? Do it as well. Have you ever planned to, I want to finish the Bible in 2022. Have you ever said it? Have you ever planned it? Have you ever looked at it? How relationship matters to Jesus. He said, in the last day, some people will say, he said, oh, master, we cast out devils in your name. We did this in your name. He said, get away from me. He said, I did not know you. I did not know you. Do you know him? Does he know you? Does he know you? Do you know him? Very important question. Do you know Jesus? Does he live in your heart? Is he in your consciousness? Do you worship him on your own? You take time to do this. These things matter to Jesus Christ. Our relationship. Our relationship. The third one. The first one is our righteousness. The second one is our relationship. The third one, our responsibility. Our responsibility. During the quiz, one lady mentioned one scripture, very beautiful scripture. And all things are of God, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is 18. All things are of God, who are reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Every Christian has a ministry. Every Christian has a ministry because he brought it from verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Are you a new creation? Yes. Then he said, if you're a new creation, he said, then all things are of God. In verse 18, all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself. Not, did, he, did he leave it there? Was it that when we got born again, we didn't just rapture away? No, because that's not what God is looking for. He says, all things of God who, who, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. He says, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So not only are we reconciled to himself, he's now given us a responsibility. So we don't only have a ministry. We don't only have a, 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 a a reconciliation to God, we also now have a ministry of reconciliation. We have a responsibility now. We have a responsibility now. I'm born again doesn't mean I, I'm just, you know, just going to be happy that I'm going to be raptured and I'm just happy. No, I now have a responsibility. I have a responsibility now. I have a responsibility to the one who is not saved. I have a responsibility. When I see it as a responsibility, I'll act differently. Like the man of God, Pastor Chris said. He said, Christian maturity is for Christian responsibility. It's for Christian responsibility. Let me tell you where people miss it. Do you know people think maybe you were made um, cell secretary? All right? They think that they can 
Just drop it because it's the assembly that will give it to them. You're wrong. God gave it to you. Go and, learn, go, and, go and study the scriptures. God gave it to you. So the way you treated it just anyhow, what, who you actually did it to, you, did, you actually did it to God. Now, what did Jesus say when he met Paul? Paul thought he was killing Christians. Jesus said, it is me. When you are given a responsibility in the, a responsibility in the church, Jesus sanctioned it. One time I asked a staff in the office. I said, why are you a staff? I want to ask you. Because if the understanding that this thing was given to me by God is not there, you better don't do it. Because it was given to you by God. Jesus made me drop everything I'm doing to do this. And when I came to church, I was also a cell member. I was also in a fellowship. Today you're wearing a teacher of your fellowship. I was also in a fellowship before. What I didn't know is that God was drawing the trajectory of my life and I have to start from somewhere and I'm a cell member. Not long after, I became assistant cell leader, then I became cell leader. I had to do an outreach. After doing the outreach, because I did it well, I was made a senior cell leader, which is a PCU leader at that time. I was a PCU leader. I had a responsibility now. I had a responsibility to God's people. You come to my room, you, have, you see my desk and my chair. For what? PCU. Anybody who come around that time will think this guy is not serious. I'm there looking at my PCU. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I also confess you before the Father's only angels. What's he saying? He's saying, if you take the thing I have given you, if you take it serious, I also take you serious. Our responsibility. We have three responsibilities. Three responsibilities. Book of John, chapter 4, verse 35. Our responsibility. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you. Now what does he call the harvest? He calls the souls. He calls those people walking outside there. And then he calls them the harvest. He says, say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, or ready to harvest. That's the first one. Visualize it. The first responsibility, visualize it. Visualize it. Are you seeing the vision Pastor Enoch is seeing? I'm seeing a vision of 10,000 young people on every Sunday morning. Are you seeing it? For some people, it doesn't matter. For some people, oh, it's just another thing. No, visualize the harvest. When anytime you pass by a nightclub and you see young people wasting their life, you must cry. Anytime you, you watch Snapchat and you see things that are not good, instead of it tempting you, you must be crying. Visualize the harvest. See those people that are not saved and look at how you're going to bring them back. Visualize it. I told somebody, I said, Lord, 
I was telling the person, I said, I see a vision. I see a vision of leading the whole nation to God. I see a vision. I see a vision of bringing all the young people to God. I see a vision. I see a vision that one day we'll gather hundreds of thousands of young people to praise God at the Independence Square. I see a vision. I see a vision. I visualized it. I visualized it. If it's important to God, it's important to me. I visualized it. It is not Pastor Enoch's vision. It's God's vision. That's what God is thinking. God is thinking, what can we do about the young people in this country? No, we, can, we, we cannot say that they are too far gone. They are not too far gone. Visualize it. Visualize it. Can you see it? Can you see a cell meter? Can you see your cell meeting? Can you see 50 people in your cell meeting? Can you see 100 people in your cell meeting? Can you see how many people you are going to be a blessing to? You see, visualize it. Visualize it. It's your responsibility to visualize it. Jesus Christ said, don't say they are yet four months. He said, don't say tomorrow it will happen. He said, look on the fields. Look on the fields. Look on it. Look on the fields. He said, they are white already to happen. God is saying that things are ready. So what we must do is to get in there. Get in there. Look on the fields. Look on the fields. Look on the fields. Look on the fields. Mandora Basikro Dadamaya. Look on the fields. Look on the fields. Look on the fields. Does it get your attention? Is the state of the young people getting your attention? Their state with God. Visualize it. What vision do you see? What do you see? What do you see? In Habakkuk chapter 1, he said, the burden of Habakkuk. The burden of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 1. The burden of Habakkuk. The burden of Habakkuk. The burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk did see. That means he saw a burden. It was not just a, it was not just a vision. It was also a burden. It was a burden. It was a burden on his heart. Was a burden on his heart. A cell leader who can leave his cell for three weeks has not met them, doesn't have a burden. He doesn't have a burden. Doesn't have a burden. He's not concerned about what God is concerned about. You know why God called Moses the, the, the greatest man that lived on the earth? One day God said he was going to destroy the whole of Israel. Moses said, he said, you then you better kill me. God was so impressed with that man's heart. The concern that he had for the people. He said, Moses, you know what? I'm going to baptize these other 70 guys with the same concern that you have. God had never seen anything like that. He called Moses the greatest man that ever lived. The burden that was on Moses' heart. He said the burden of Habakkuk, who did he see? Then Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1, it was no longer a burden. He said, I'll stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. What to see? What he would say unto me? Then it became a vision. It started as a burden. It now became a vision. It now became a vision. He was now watching to see. Then verse 2, he says, the vision is for the appointed time. It's for the appointed time. The Lord answered and said, write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain upon the table that he may run that way. He said, for the vision is for the appointed time. 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 What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? I see something greater than the Matzka night. I see it. I see it. I see. I see. Oh, that day, what a victory for God that day. It was a victory for God. It was not man's victory. People don't understand it. It was a victory for God. It was a victory for God that day. That all those young people could have been in different places. They could have been in the pub. They could have been in nightclubs. But that day they came to pray to God. Oh boy, it was a victory for God. And we, we, are, we are seeing something greater than that. We are seeing something greater than that. We are seeing. 
the, the vision. It was not a vision. It's not a vision in my heart. I'm seeing the stadium now. I'm seeing the penance square now. The vision. The vision. You visualize the harvest. He said, look, 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 look. Anytime I see young people gathering somewhere. Now, not just young people. I mean, anytime I see people gathering somewhere, when they don't know God, they don't know God. You see them on TV. You see them on social media. They don't have a direction for their life. Look at it. You say, Lord. Lord, give me. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain, God. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. So the first one is visualize it. Visualize it. Manto Visualize it. The next one, after you visualize, you have to agonize it. Agonize it. Agonize. Agonize. Papalia. Kakoka. Paloas, Pakwa, crying, crying, crying and groaning. Mapalaka, you visualize, you agonize. Mayaba, then you begin to pray, and you begin to cry, then you begin to pray, and you begin to cry. Let me tell you something, I'm sentenced to light prayer. That's what I want to do with my life, I want to pray with my life. I said, God, even if you don't let me preach, I want to pray. God, if you don't let me preach, I want to pray. I want to pray. I've made some new resolutions with God concerning prayer. Now I'm going to enter. I'm now in prayer jail now. I'm entering prayer jail now. I'm entering prayer jail now. You say, oh, I don't get time to pray. You are lying. Nine to five is eight hours. Oh, how many hours is that? Nine to five is eight hours. The whole day is 24 hours. You go to work nine to five. You have eight hours to work. You have eight hours to sleep. What do you do with the next eight? There's time to pray. There's time. There's time. If it was something else, you'll find the time. It's time to pray. Usually, it's a boy that doesn't want to pray. Whoever thought that we could pray three hours every day for 21 days? Whoever thought? But the time was there. The time is inside there. Inside there. Sometimes we just don't create the time. We talk to men that we talk to God. Pray. Agonize it. Agonize it. Ah. The church of Jesus Christ. Today is better at organizing than agonizing. It's not by, it's not by, it's not by light. It's not by smoke machine. It's not by smoke machine. It's by prayer. It's by prayer. It's by prayer. It's by prayer. How many of you, how many of you have ever told yourself that on Saturday, on Saturday, we are going to pray for Sunday service, that people who come to church will be saved. You will call for prayer for yourself, you would have been there. But when will you call a friend and say, today, Saturday, we are going to pray two hours for Sunday service, so that when Pastor comes and preaches, people will give their life to Christ. When have you ever done that? Agonize it. You know, when we look at the state of the nation, when have we called? I, I, I dare you, of course, not this church. There are many places that when you say, we are calling for intercessory prayer for young people to pray. We are calling for young people should come together, let's pray, so that they will be saved. You see that just a few people will come. Not this church. Yeah. I like you guys. You like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, this kind of prayer that will bring this kind of result, the kind of prayer that will bring this kind of result, is not prayer you pray once in a while. It's agonizing. That's why I say I'm sentenced to light prayers. I said, God, I told God, I said, God, this is what I want to do with my life. Even if you don't let me preach, I want to pray. Ah, I was reading church history, and I read of a man in the 1700s. That man didn't come out of his house for 12 years. He was praying every day, 12 years. 
Nobody saw him for 12 years. He was in his house for 12 years praying. When you hear about the Azusa Street Revival, that revival that took over the world, the man that started it, he was praying. He was praying for five hours for three years. Five hours every day for three years. You know, that's not my field. You know, my field is to, um, oh boy, how I remember 2017. How I remember 2017. I was always at home. I didn't want to go anywhere. I'll be in the house. I will cry. I will pray. I will cry. I will pray. I was just lying on one small mattress there. I will pray. I will cry. I will pray. I will cry. Sometimes I forgot to eat. Sometimes I was fasting. Sometimes I just forgot to eat. Agonize. 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 Maratapa. Shagabadada. Marapapayaga. How can you be a soul leader? You have not prayed for one week. The devil will attack all your members. You take them back into the world. Take them back into the world. Is this, is this a joke? Is this, is this a joke? Paul said, Paul said, it's little children in whom I, I travail in death until Christ is formed in you. Sometimes you pray to get them saved. Sometimes it is not to get them saved. Sometimes those who are saved start misbehaving. It is for his prayers. His prayers. Many times, there are some of you here, you are doing those things. I'll go to my house. When the, when the report comes to me, I say, Lord, Lord. The person who was on fire for God is now taking some pictures and taking some videos. Then you don't understand that. What's wrong with this person? What's wrong with you? He said, my little children, in whom I travel to Christ before me you. Why? Because they are veered off. They are veered off. He said, whom I travel in death. Who are traveling birth? It's better joke. There's something they say. They said, if women give birth first in a marriage, if they give birth first and the man give birth second, there will not be any third child. You understand it? <laughs> when a man realizes the pains, he will say, let's stop. <laughs> yeah, because birth is not a joke. It's not a joke. My little children, who might travail, I travail, travail. Travail, lying down, traveling, maloba, yakababa, rabababa, yapalaba, yakakaba, yapababa, yapalababa, rabababa. Sentence to life prayers. To see the glory of God. To see young people come to Christ. To see people come to Christ. To see celebrities come to Christ. To see them come to the Lord. I see it. Agonize. You visualize it. You agonize it. Then you evangelize it. The third one. Don't let evangelize come before agonize. 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 Sometimes I'll be just lying on my belly like that. Hours. I don't even need to say it. You can see it. Sometimes I just like one position like this. You've seen it before. One position. I don't shift. I'm there like that. Is it? I cross my leg like this. Always. <laughs> Always there for the Lord. You know, after sometimes messages like this, people say, ah, every day I'm going to pray for five hours. It's not realistic. Start from somewhere. Start from somewhere. Say, I'm going to pray for souls every day. I'm going to start from one hour. One hour every day. I set the time. Now, I've, I've taught you how to stick to time. 
At least this past 14 days, you have stuck to time. So I've taught you how to stick to time. Move from there. I've given you a good start. Move from there. Every day, every day, praying, 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 praying. Cry. When you pray, cry. Cry. Agonize. 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 If there's a, a man to pray, there's a God to answer. He will give us the people. They will be saved. They will come in. They will be ushers. They will be choristers. And even those who have left, we are praying, they will still come back. They started off in the spirit. So they have ended up in the flesh. But we will not give up on them. We will not give up on them. We will not give up on them. We want to carry all our souls to God. Then, on the day of the rapture, we will see it. This is what we did. So we did. The third one, I said we evangelize. We evangelize. We evangelize it. Evangelize it. Evangelize it. Then we go out. This is where we, we this is where we go out. Go out. So go into all the world. Go into all the world. We go out. Going to all the world. Going to the world. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach it on your status. Preach it in the schools. Preach it everywhere. Preach it everywhere. Preach the gospel. When your fellowship says they are going out for sowing, go with them. You know, I know when this I'm, I'm talking to the fellowship leaders now. When they were showing the video of people mentioning their fellowship leaders' names and all that, saying, oh, my fellowship leaders. See, there's something, there's nothing as terrible as having a, a bad fellowship leader. So terrible. You are not inspired. You don't go anywhere. No meeting. Nothing. When you hear people talking about their fellowships and their fellowship leaders, you'll be like, what at all are we doing in our fellowship? Then you do, a fellowship leader, be inspiring. Be inspiring. If you don't know what to do, go and meet the one who knows what to do. Be inspiring. A fellowship leader who is not driven will not drive anybody. Be passionate. Be passionate about the Lord. Take, take places. Say to yourself, myself and this fellowship, we are going to take a shine for Christ. Say it. So we're going to take this place. Don't only go for the bougie areas. Go everywhere. Fellowship leader must be inspiring. Evangelize. Go out there. Go out there. Go and have testimonies. I remember 25th December 2010. <laughs> you know why I remember this Christmas Day? That's why I remember the date. Christmas Day, 2010. I didn't have money to celebrate the Christmas. And it happened on a Sunday, that day. I didn't have money. So I met, I met my friend after Sunday, Christmas service. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. He said, nah, let's go to the Mongwem and Winsos. He said, ah, let's go. So I followed him. I followed him. We got there. The first person we met was a deaf guy. We prayed for him. His, his ear popped open. Listen, power is not for decoration. The one who steps out sees the power. 
When Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, you know who else he was talking to? He was talking to the soul winner. Go and see. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, Lo, I am with you always. Lo, I am with you always. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. So the signs follow the going out. Oh, or is it the testimony of, 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 of Kolebu? When we went out to preach and we saw the guy who, was in, uh, who has been crippled since the time of Buzia. He said he has been sitting there since the time of Buzia. That's what he told us. We went out to Buzia. We laid down. As, as, as I was getting ready to pray for him, touching him, people just gathered behind me. Pure water sellers, different sellers were behind me. So I laid hands on the guy. I looked behind. I said, if this guy doesn't stand up today, it's today. <laughs> but to the glory of God, he let down his crutches and he began to walk. And the people behind me began to give their life to Christ. You know why? God cannot disgrace the gospel. Evangelize. Go out with power. Go out with power. Evangelize. Take that your beauty. Take it for so winning. Let the people wonder what is wrong with you. Take that beauty. Enter a bus. Take that handsomeness. Enter a bus. Look very fresh. And say, praise the Lord. And begin, when, when you finish, don't just, when you go for, 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 for so winning, always ask the people, what do you want God to do for you? Because you came as a representative of God. When you finish preaching in that bus, you say, I want to pray for anybody who is sick. Put your hand there. Don't be afraid. Just say it. The presence of God with a soul is something you cannot explain. Be on the go. You see? Be on the go. So I said, visualize it, agonize it, evangelize it. That's your responsibility. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That means we have a ministry now. We can bring people to God. What a ministry. So our righteousness, our relationship, responsibility. The last one, our reward. Our reward. Go back to Philippians chapter 2, chapter 3. I think we're at verse 10. That I may know him, that's relationship, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made covenant unto his death. Verse 11, if by me I maintain unto the resurrection of the dead. Verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. That's the responsibility. All right? If I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Verse 13, brethren, I come not myself not to have a friend, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I pressed toward the mark for the price, the reward, the reward, the price of the high calling. What is the reward? What's my reward? When I do all this, my reward is not, my reward is not a car. My reward is not a house. My reward is Christ. My reward is Christ. My reward is Christ. My reward is Christ. My 